First, I want to say, hello. Are you not in the shot? No, that was just so I could mic it all up. This is my mic. My yeah. people listen to my mic. You can't come into my <laughs> no, mic. No, no. That was just so I could sync it up in post post production. So post production. Anyways, all right. This is podcast day one. Podcast day one from the CJJ page. CJJ podcast day one. Now I can just dive into that. I can go all day on that. Yeah, what you got to say, man? Nightmare. No, I'm kidding. All right. Okay. Hold on. That's got water in my eyeball. <laughs> so, what do you say? Uh, what, do are we like ga- what are we going to say that the world this? out there cares about, you think? Do I like this? How do I sit? You just got to sit down. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever CJJ podcast. You looking at the camera? Well, I was just welcoming all oh, our, yeah. all our okay. people, well, both of them. Um, nice. We haven't really decided on a name yet. Nope. So uh, that is up for interpretation. Yeah. Whoever wants to hone in on that, you know, all the trolls, whoever, feel please. free to give us some suggestions. Feel free. We had a couple we were spitting around with uh, constant jabroni jargon. That was one. That was one. Uh, CJJ following the CJJ trend. Uh, we also got off the wagon. Shout out to our guy Casey Weathers. Off the wagon. Off the that wagon. Is, that is potential. We got down the dingle. Down the dingle, as coined by man Steve here. Yeah, that's got uh, a whole story to it. Could be a great name, but let us know what you guys think. So, so let me let me give you a little. I mean, let me give a little story here. This was proposed to me by Lucas. So you come to me yesterday, uh-huh. and you say, "Hey, man, we need to start a podcast." And I'm thinking to myself, you know, yeah, why? For who? <laughs> and so I'm thinking nobody wants to listen to us. Then you remind me. Of the baseball page we have, Crying Jordan Jabronis. Crying Jordan Jabronis. Which you started, I'd say, four years ago now? Yeah. So, let's just dive into this. So, Crying Jordan Jabronis, probably our only listeners right now, if we have any, probably follow us on CJJ, Crying Jordan Jabronis. Right. Uh, It started when we went to Driveline the first time. 2015 summer. 2016? 2015. 2016 summer. 2016. May 2016. You're right. I just, I tore my quad, came home. You just finished your red shirt year. Yeah. Uh, we went up middle of May for a month. Up Where to were you at land. when you tore your quad? So at Willamette. You're at Willamette. Up in, uh, up in Oregon. And yes. I can get into that in a little bit. But we uh, went to Driveline. Uh, we had been doing the program at home for about six months or so, maybe a little more. Yeah. In uh, my mom's garage. and Your mom's garage. You had the plyo balls and all stuff. Weights. I think you're... Tyke Green? No. Tyke, no, you, Tyke Mike Rothwell. Was, well, Mike Rothwell was one of my original Your OG, OG trainers. Uh, remotely. Remote trainer. Yeah, so he was doing the remote program. Had Mike Rothwell, Tyke Green. Matt I think you had Daniels Matt Daniels a little point. bit. Yeah. Cam Castro. Whole slew. Cam. Yeah. Slew of the OG driveline guys. Right. Um, and I actually bought yeah. the Team Capo, Flama, DGAF. Shout out Flama. Right. Flama uh, was in the mix. You were part of Team Capo. I was Team Capo. And so did the remote program with that. Right. And through that, he threw me in a group chat with, with Bodie, Kyle Bodie, uh, who started Driveline. Right. And uh, he's an OG. And mm-hmm. OG for sure. Through that, we just kind of got programming. We were doing it here for six months or so. And then we decided we actually had to go up there, check it out. Great, uh, phenomenal trip. And we drove. We drove. So we we're, in, drove. we're in Sacramento, California. What the hell are we thinking? And we drove to Seattle. Uh, we were Good actually staying God. in Everett that, that month. We did. We stayed in Everett. About an hour away from the facility, though. Yeah. My old teammate, Jacob Parr. Shout out, Jacob. Let us stay with him. Awesome guy. 
And so we're about an hour from the city. It was about a 13-hour drive. I listened to about 63 Mike Stud songs on repeat. It was a slow day. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. But yes. But yeah, it was a great trip up there at Driveline. And one thing that I noticed besides, or got out of it, besides just all the training and amazingness of Driveline itself was I saw all these guys kind of started pitching pages. Right. And right. I remember this. It was one of those things that you kind of hear about and the initial reaction is kind of like, oh, why would I do that? Like a pitching page is kind of weird. But yeah. the more I thought about it, the more I just kind of realized that there was a ton of benefits and not really a lot of negatives besides maybe people chirping you or people thinking you're weird, which I don't really care about anyway. So, uh, which was not the case for me at the time. Yeah. I brought the idea to Steven that we started a fishing page and he weren't really on board at first. No, I was so aggro against the idea of all these pitching pages that were coming out because I cared so much. I cared more about, I think, what people thought in the sense that, you know, I was like, no one should know what you're doing when you're training and it's all to yourself and this whole, you know, macho man complex around keep your training hidden, let your results speak for themselves. But actually, so... It's funny because I was so aggro against all these pages that were coming out. But I found myself going to these pages to learn. Yeah. So I was going to these pages and I was like, hold on, these are the pages that I hated when Lucas said this. And I was so embarrassed about. But these are the pages that I'm learning the most from. Like Tanner McClatus had one. Mm-hmm. And his began to get traction. He was producing pitching. Good, yeah, good content, good content. And they would help me. And I was like, wow. I'm like, so then my ideas started to switch around from these pages where it was like, okay, we can do this for maybe we're helping people so how can we go out and use this page to give our knowledge and go out to people and be like hey man Mm -hmm. that we are kind of funny you know we might have a more lax approach to this but you know we can go out and we can help you know even if we help two three ten whatever it is people and like it it did for me it's going to change everything you know which was cool about it yeah and so we kind of started it uh as a more a combination of joke and seriousness totally as you've been following our page a little bit, you can kind of see that. Yeah. Uh, and so we just kind of slowly gained a following. And my kind of thought process was, if I'm going to be training anyway, and I'm going to be taking videos just to go back and help myself, like my mechanics, all that, yeah. why not just throw them up? It's not going to be anything out of my way. And if no. I... ESPN. Uh, Did Jason Giambi just get traded to Kings? <laughs> Jason Giambi. Shout out Mike Francesa. Anyways, Zach Wheeler and the Phillies agreed a five-year deal. Interesting. Anyway, back to CJJ. Um, I thought, one, we can start building a relationship with these other guys online, free content, help right. our, our own knowledge. Uh, two, keep ourselves accountable because if we're not posting, maybe we're not training. Uh, we were actually, always training. Oh, we're kidding. I posted a video pretty early on of myself deadlifting uh, in shoes. Right. And I kind of was, I wasn't really coming up on my toes, but I wasn't fully on my heels. And some, I forget who it was, someone commented and was I like, this, yeah. try going no shoes. So I was like, all right. So I went the uh, next time I deadlifted, went no shoes. And I loved it. And to this day, I deadlift no shoes. So that's right. one small little tip that I got from this free account that we started uh, that has benefited me and has impacted my lifting, which I do three to four times a week. So it's something oh, that no, yeah. I've been able to take from just starting this random joke pitching page, Klein Jordan Jabronis. Uh, and it turned around and helped you in your career. And progressing you to that point where you wanted to be. I mean, right. honestly, it was it's pretty crazy because not only did that happen, I mean, the following, talk about the following where it's at now. I mean, it's pretty crazy where it went. Yeah. Because it, it was a complete kind of joke, and I, I took it not even close seriously at the time, you know, and I, 
If you look at it now, there's there's some serious you know buzz around it. Sometimes it's pretty crazy. Not it's, serious, but I mean it's, it's caught yeah. a little way, a little way, a little. It's caught a little way for sure. Uh, pretty crazy. It's been cool too. I've been uh, through my connection with Kyle and Driveline, just being in the baseball world and meeting some pretty cool, influential people. Right. Uh, found a couple of cool tips here that have helped me in my career. That even though I didn't make it to the big leagues um, mm-hmm. and I didn't kind of pan out to be the baseball player I wanted to be, I'm able to kind of post on CJ and help other guys that maybe they're struggling with the same thing or kind of a common problem with plyo balls or pain or whatever it is. Oh, totally. Uh, so that's been awesome. Um, for as far as CJ now, you know, we're both done with our college career. Yeah. Uh, you're still kind of trying to play, possibly. We can yeah, get into we'll that. Yeah, see where it goes. But no, that is. we're not uh, playing baseball, that's so we're not going to be posting as far as like, oh, we're in a game or whatever it is, but we still lift. Uh, we work in a baseball facility, awesome athletes, and right. we're around right. the game, we're around the training, we're around the driveline program a lot, and we can, we're still going to be posting stuff that can still benefit uh, the player today. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's daily for us now. We, we can get as much content as we need on the sense of player development because we're, we're around it. You know, we're still learning. I mean, I'm still, I find myself being around Casey Weathers and Ryan Matthews, two guys that have excelled in this game at a high, high level, mm-hmm. you know. And Casey, with the experience he has, not only in pro ball, but with driveline itself, you know, and he was somebody we all kind of looked up to at, at the beginning because he was there, in my eyes, some sort of poster child for them. And he was local to Northern California, which was crazy. And then you got Ryan, who I remember seeing on TV and coming to Sacramento City College when I was there as a freshman, mm-hmm. giving us speeches. And now they're basically two of our mentors. So we have a huge ability to learn every day. And I think if we can implement that to a point for our own athletes and gym, but for you guys that follow us, I mean, there's nothing but uh, benefit for both them and us. You know, we can teach guys. We can, you know, get, you know, knowledge ourselves. So it's pretty incredible what the doors it's opened up is pretty crazy f- for us, I'd say. It's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty wild. It has been a wild ride. If you would have told us, you know, three or four years ago, where would be at now? Oh, I'd be, I'd I'd be like, I'd, I would have told you, if you would have told me the CJJ page would have been, people know who it is, like, Ryan and Casey or, you know, all these people, I'd be like, you're nuts if you yeah. think this page is going to get seen by anybody. Well, the, sure one enough. of the crazy things for me was we, if you guys follow our page, I've seen we used to just train at, after uh, training at Steve's Garage, was always at McKinley Park, this park right. five minutes from our house. Oh, yeah. uh, Steve was running by one day and saw they had a, a tennis wall that we could throw the plyo balls into. That so was, oh my God. Yeah, so we started going there all the time. And the two things actually happened with that, like, we kind of became associated with that to the point where, people started hitting us up, a couple people in Sacramento that we didn't know this followed our page, found it right. through driveline or whatever, um, started hitting us up, DMing us, hey, can we come on and throw with you guys? Yeah. And there was a couple times out there, and again, at the beginning, it was just me and you, just us just, two yeah, out there. Yeah, out there, you know, and there was a couple pissing days, off tennis players. Oh, tennis players hated us. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, they thought we were going to break the wall. Clearly, yeah. they don't know we throw 80 poo. But yeah, anyways, um, there's a couple times out there we had eight to ten guys come out and throw with us. Oh, easily. Uh, and two girls. And a couple of girls. We had a couple of girls. Emily Ferrante and Kenzie. Emily Ferrante <laughs> and Kenzie Vanasek. Vanasek. But that's the thing about CJJ. It's not all serious. It became, yeah. And it was fun. It was fun. And that's also another thing that I think helped or people need to be reminded of is you know, there's this buzz about, you know, you need to work hard. And obviously that's true, but right. you got to be able to have fun with it sometimes and be able to just enjoy training. If you don't, it's, if right. it truly is a grind day in and day out and you don't like it, then you're just going to get burned out. And you're you don't hate it. miserable, you know, and if, you know, do the mundane things and do them daily. You know, get your work done, but you're allowed to go have fun in that and, and you know, and, and have a good time with your friends, you know, in the gym, make jokes, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a time and place for it. We all know that. And maybe not all of us, but people out there, like, there's a time and place to joke around, 
you know, spend, you know, your four hours in the gym and then, you know, an hour recover, you know, mm-hmm. fuck around a little bit. Who knows? You know, it's just, it's how it is. You got you to gotta keep that, that level. You know, you got to keep that, that balance because otherwise you're going to, it's just anything. You're going to be miserable. You know, you can't keep that, that kind of complex I talked about earlier, that big, you know, complex of just, right. I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And it's just over time that becomes a worry on you, you know. It's tough. Yeah, Keep so a smile, man. that's kind of how CJJ came to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're still keeping it fun, keeping it light, but also providing some info and totally. taking it serious at times. Yeah. Uh, and now, just, I mean, a little bit about ourselves. Yeah. We've kind of dove into it a little bit already, but uh, quick, my planker uh, played in high school, went to the D3 Willamette up in Oregon for a year and a half. Had a solid freshman year, and then my sophomore year, I tried a two-way, and actually hit decently in the fall. And right before the season started, I tore my quad in inner squad. Um, trying to hit. Trying to hit. Actually running actually the first run. base. You yeah. did hit it. I hit the ball, not well. My the ball was hit. You began to run. The ball was, was hit. Problem. I started to run. I had pitched earlier that day, sat down for a while. The chart came back. Yeah. It was 40-degree Oregon weather. But tore my quad. Horrible. Played through it for three weeks, pitched on it. Uh, and my dad made me go get it checked out by urgent care. Told me I had a grade three complete rupture of my rectus femoris, which is the top muscle of the what quad. What God's green earth is it? Rectus femoris. That's what I said. You literally have a hole in your I leg still to, have this a, day. to this day. I still have a hole in my leg. Um, we won't show it on camera, but... We don't want to scare off the viewers. Yeah. Both of them. Also many of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, had to, I came home. I withdrew mid-semester and got it drained because it bled internally and I had to rehab it for a couple months and uh, got that year back because I had a medical red shirt. Played at a junior college here in Sacramento because assumed this river with this guy for a year and then from there found Westmont through Driveline actually and Rob Hill and different guys I met up there. Right. Uh, Drove down for bullpen through for them ended up going there for my last two years. You PR'd in that pen didn't you? PR'd in that pen hit 91. 91. Um, That's pretty crazy. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I blew up my tricep tendon that summer training, and my arm's kind of really the same. Kind of still bothers me to this day. Ended up trying to hit again my senior year. Hit decently senior year. Didn't get a ton of ton of ABs, but 20 or so ABs. I mean, you put a few out. Wait, you didn't your coach say I you put, put a few out in I, BP? I put one out during the season. Well, in the season, too. Yeah, but a couple I mean. out in fall. I was a good 5 o'clock hitter, a bunch of BP. but uh, That's awesome. You know, a couple things bounced my way. Could have been it was different. fun. Right? I mean, that's the way to go. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Westmont was awesome. Just two really great coaches. Who, by the way, my pitching coach, Tony Pagul, just got a job with the Cubs as a minor league. That's right. That's pretty solid. Uh, yeah. That's sweet. And then Coach Ruiz, head coach there, one of the best humans I ever met. So that was kind of a quick overview of my playing career. Uh, again, we both now work at OA, Autumn Athletes. Yeah. Loving it. Um, I don't think you really don't know too much more about me, but you can kind of dive into your oh, playing career. Jeez, What on earth do people want to know about my playing career? Let me think. Well, where'd we start at? Where'd we start out? T-ball? No, I'm kidding. Okay, we won't go T-ball. But he, I'll sucked, go. he sucked T-ball. We <laughs> played together. We did play together. No, I, at Christian Brothers High School, I'll start there. From that point on, it's pretty crazy. I found success in high school at a pretty high level. I thought baseball was pretty A, B to C type deals, just or like A to Z, you know, straight line. I always... Because we worked, we both trained the same place. We trained at Facility Capital Pro. And that was about the extent of my off-season, was just working out. And right. I thought that was 
busting my ass. I thought that was hard work, which it was. We put in the work, you know, with Jeff Bohaglis, so shout out to him. One of my original, oh, Hagless motherfucker. <laughs> our original mentors here was a guy that we just trained with year-round. So, you know, at that point, senior year rolls around, you know, I'm doing well, you're doing well. You know, I have all the success, but, you know, I don't go to things like showcases or I email a bunch of coaches, but I don't have a couple things on the table that would have given me the path I wanted, where I wanted to be at. You know, I wanted to be this D1 athlete. I might have had the numbers for it, you know, but didn't go the right way you know because of things I was doing that were different than what my goals wanted so at the time I didn't connect it to because I was just so young you know and I didn't know I didn't have my values right but then I went to junior college where I found Sac City and I figured okay you know they want me you know I have a decent relationship with these guys I'm gonna go one year and out like I'm gonna be all right like I'm gonna pitch well I'm putting the work that did not happen like <laughs> I got punched in the mouth in JUCO. Do things ever go to plan? No, never. So I, I get dominated in junior college. I get absolutely spit. In the, I get punched in the face. Who's here? Mailman? Probably. Anyway. Want to be on a podcast? Yeah. I get punched in the mouth in JUCO. I have like a 70 RA and 20 plus, like 22 innings. They want And they wanted me to come in and be the third starter. You know, they gave me all the chances I needed. You know, horrible year overall for the program. We, you know, we have, this, we, have a, we have all this talent. We don't do well. So all these things happen, you know, I end up leaving the, the school, which might have been not the best idea at the time anyway, because, you know, I just, I was just going off emotions. I was doing what I always did, you know, and that, that's when I had to start developing the sense of like, okay, self-accountability, you know, maybe it's your fault type of deal. Like maybe it's you that's doing this wrong. And that's when my playing career kind of changed. You know, I, I ended up transferring JUCOs. After JUCO at CRC, when you came, we played together. You know, I ended up being there for three years. I was in junior college for three years. Once at Sacramento City College, two years at CRC. In that time, I had found driveline after mm -hmm. after Sac City, which was nice because I ended up, you know, finding Kyle and I hit them up and they were super cool about it. And I was like, I just want to put myself to the test and let's work. Let's work just me in the wall. That's what I found was so cool. It's like, I'm going to challenge myself every day and, you know, I'm going to, it's just me. There's no excuse. I have to do it or I don't do it. And I'll be exposed if I don't do it, right? Because right. they know. And we're both, I mean, just living testimonials of driveline. We both top, I'm guessing, 82, 83, 84, somewhere in there. Somewhere in the low I don't think range. I ever hit 85. I think I would sit 79 to 81 probably. Yeah. And then, and know, then boom, we, you know. Had we pens found we were sitting upper 80s. Upper and, 80s and, you know, we had this arm health and, you know, this driveline baseball benefited us greatly. And I, I loved it. Every last bit of it. I loved training there. And you came back and had a really successful year at CRC. Yeah, I had a great year. You know, I, 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 was, I was still in upper eights at one point, and then, you know, things happened. You know, coaches, you know, we all kind of dueled it out a little bit, new, new training methodologies. It was tough because, you know, I, I felt like the guy that was coming in, you felt like the guy that was coming in, we had all this new knowledge, and we're 20-year-olds. And it's kind of yep. weird for coaches to hear, like, hey, man, I think I, I have the confidence to do these things, and I have the ability to explain to you why, but you don't like that because I'm 20. Which I understand. It's baseball. Challenge the way they've it, done things. It's for challenging, years. you know. And then, go to Andre. Yeah, I was luckily uh, lucky enough to find Jake McKinley on a phone. I didn't find him. He, he called me on a phone call, and he goes, "Hey, man, you know, my name's Jake. You know, I'm going to a school called William Jessup." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "What on God's green earth is William Jessup?" Type thing, you know. <laughs> and he's saying, "Hey, man, I'm gonna be good." And he's like, "You can do your stuff. I, you know, I've done it myself." I want you to do what you need to do to be the best pitcher possible. He sends me a video from Crying Jordan Jabroni's, the page. Comes me full circle. Me going 89 in the bullpen. And he's like, 
Let's get back here. Let's do this. Oh. You know, long story short, go to Jessup. Uh, loved it. Lo- you know, I, I had a, I had a bit of a tough relationship with baseball at one point. I had to walk away from the game. You know, myself, I had an internal battle going on. But once I got past that, Jake welcomed me back with open arms. You know, and that whole community at William Jessup was different than I ever experienced before. You know, the, the people, he, he recruited good people, both on the coaching side and the pitching side, or the player side. Loved every last bit of that. And then he ended up leaving to go be the pitching coordinator for the Milwaukee Brewers, which Just is casual. pretty crazy. Yeah. Just casual. You know, he ended Out up, of William Jessup University from Lincoln, NAIA California. school that just won their first won their first championship what ever. What was uh, the first winning season? They had like what four or five seasons before that, total of like oh, eleven yeah. or twelve wins. Like they were just uh, god yeah, awful. Total right? in all those years. Yeah. I mean they weren't they were not a good program, no offense out there, but they were not a good program in the sense that yeah. they didn't win. They were the bottom fears of the G They were the bottom fears of a, of a pretty good conference. Yeah. Well Jake did the same thing at Menlo. And Jake did the I same thing. I don't know thing a ton of Menlo's history, but I know that him and Jason Ochart, the who now works with Philly. And Jason, Phillies, yeah, right? Jason's now the Phillies. Phillies and guy. started basically the hitting, or ran the hitting section at Driveline. I think he still does, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but they went to Menlo, and I hadn't really heard of Menlo. I don't know how much success they had, but turned Menlo, Menlo into the school that led the nation in home runs. And yeah. this small little school in Palo Alto that, you know, no one ever heard of, now they're turning out Lucas Ursig and Max Studo and Big all these names, guys yeah. that are getting drafted. And I think Ursig's in AAA right now, maybe. He's, I think he's, like, one of their top prospects. All these guys that were, you know, guys that couldn't get the D1 scholarship out of Right, and that was, school. what's crazy about that is, yeah, that, that was my main focus coming out of high school. And, like, D1. a lot of people, it's like, all I wanted to play D1 because I had this huge ego problem I didn't know about. I was so attached to this result, and this, I had this attachment problem where I was like, why would I go D2? I deserve this. I des- and I was well, like, I didn't know I was doing so, so, I mean, I didn't know that. I think, and I, didn't I could be wrong, sure. but I think your senior year, I think you went 10-1 and one with yeah. a sub-1 ERA. Yeah. And I was like, and yeah, it's high school, and you're throwing probably 82, but still, like, those numbers, yeah, you'd be like, like, oh, I'm going D1. I figured, I was like, I'll go D1. And I, it made me feel like I deserved something that, you know, I, not that I didn't deserve anything, but, like, there, nothing, there was no reason for somebody to be like, oh, here, just take this. Yeah. You might do well sometimes. You might put in all this work. And you might do really well, but guess what? Sometimes you don't get acknowledged for it. That's just part of the deal. Yeah. You can't be so attached to this result that you don't let the process take over for you. And that's when I started having problems was in my first year in JUCO, I started trying to skip the process. I was like, okay, it's not my fault. Okay, it's not my fault. There. I want to go there so bad that I didn't appreciate yeah. the time. And well, that's what Driveline did for me. Yeah. And there's also, we're talking about this a lot with our guys in our facility now, is there's this glamour and shine to the D1 label. Oh, yeah. That for we can get into this for a long time. We can talk a lot about this, but, yeah, but uh, you know, we had a lot of friends in high school that we were probably better than, or not better than, but we could compete with and were similar skill sets or similar success right. in the field that went D one that we didn't and we didn't go D one and we kind of looked at that as like oh we failed or we should have been there or whatnot. Um, right. And so a lot, even us and a lot of other guys had the same mindset like hey D one or die I gotta go D one. Yeah, that uh, was kind of the thing. I, I actually said that a few times I believe yeah, with D1 my buddy Cameron Coyp. <laughs> Cameron Coyp, do you want to die? Uh, yeah. And he actually went to you when he went to San Jose. So he did. Cameron made that happen. Uh, Good ball player. But it's, there's no, uh, it's crazy. There's no set level of like, hey, if you're this good, you get to go D1. If you're this good, you get to go right. D2. And there's programs that are good at D1. There's programs that are bad at D1. There's programs that are good at, D, at NAI and bad at NAI. D3 oh, and all yeah. this. D3, D2, whatever it is. And the thing that I kind of, or not, again, this is, I don't want to say blanket statements, but some D1s are really good because they get really good players. Absolutely. But the coaches might not be the best, and they might not know how to develop. 
Right. They might get a guy out of high school that throws 93 with a good curveball, and he might leave throwing 93 with a good curveball. Or maybe he's throwing 91 because they overused him. They might get eight of those guys. Yeah, yeah. eight of those guys. They a whole staff for four years, but, yeah. But yeah. when you look at, like, a D3 or D D2 or an NAI, or maybe even some D1s that might not be the best, but they are forced to kind of, hey, how can we get that edge? How can we get better? Because we're getting the guys that are not the 92, but the 86 to 88 guy. How can we develop them? High potential guy. Uh, yeah, and, like, uh-huh. with Westmont, like, they fully bought into the driveline program using Rap Soto, Blast Motion, all this data stuff. There's the like video, the project able, video. Yeah, which is cool. I think Rob put that together. The yeah, Westmont project. Super sick. Uh, so it's almost super like super sick. It's awesome to see because you're like, holy, yeah. shit. who are these guys at a small Christian college yeah. in Santa Barbara, blowing noise, absolutely getting after it, and then going on the mound and blowing noise. Dude, and you're cool. like, okay, I could go to freaking Cal or Ole Miss and sit on the bench, but yeah. what if I went to Westmont and put myself in this environment where everyone wanted to get better and everyone wanted to excel at the level I do, what would that do for you? Yeah. Where would you be with that competition? Where would you, what would you do? How would you see yourself? You know, if you threw yourself in that environment like you did, I mean, it only betters you. You're around good people that want to get better. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't do much wrong there. And Pretty just, sweet. Once again, this is, we're not saying all D1 suck. Like, obviously, no, not at all. There's a ton. Like Arizona now with Yeski is oh. killing the training game and uh, yeah. the the development and right. that's probably if you can go to Arizona go to Arizona <laughs> yeah totally uh, like D1's are of course we're saying uh, D1's fantastic right like, but you kind of look at kind of like what you value if you go into if right. a school likes you some D1's really over commit or uh, over recruit and they get a ton of commits and then you're not going right. to play or maybe you're good enough to make a D1 roster but you're going to be the 35th guy on a 35 man roster and you're not going to play right. and you're not going to be able to develop and you might get redshirted and all this stuff um, but you get the backpack, you get the Instagram post that says right. you went D1, you get, you get to get be, recruiting yeah, all that stuff. Like Which that's awesome, cool. But Obviously that's cool. That's cool stuff. It's sick. But then like, if you go there for four years and you're not doing the stuff that you think is going to make you better, whether it's driveline or whatever it is, top velocity, I don't care, whatever it is that you think is going to make you better. If they're not right. doing that stuff day in and day out of practice, and then you got an NAI school where you're not going to be on the news, you're not going to be playing on ESPN, you're not going to be playing in Omaha. You probably won't have that many fans. We're not going to have, you're going to have 30 people at your games, man. <laughs> yeah. And your mom and the but parents are going to be those people. you're an 86 guy and you go there and for four years you can train the way you want to and also you look up senior year and you're blowing 95. Mm-hmm. And nowadays there's this thing called the internet and you got computers and you got cameras Modern and right one now. video of you throwing 95 and you post it and one scout likes you and oh, then you great. make it to the minor leagues or you get drafted and you're in the minor leagues. Otherwise over here you went to, you know, North Dakota State or whatever it is, D1. Big that D1 school. You yeah. went in at 86 and you came out at 86 and you didn't play and now your baseball career is over. Yeah. So and you have to kind of catch up on the later on the later end, right? And it's not to slander D ones at all. Everyone, D one's sick. It's it's great. You know, you're around some good coaches, but you know, if your first few months there, yeah. like you're saying, your first year there, if you're not seeing like, hey, I, I don't know if I'm getting better here. It's hard. You know, it's an ego check thing. But and if you are great, and if you're not, you know, the smaller schools are, aren't a bad option if you right. do your research. It's, 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 it's don't baseball. make your college choice based on the yeah, title of D one or two. Everybody else, you know, everybody knows how it is, but you know. Make your college decision, I think, an important thing would be off what they're actually doing and what they can show you as far as players go. Like, yeah. where do you want to be? How can I get there? Does that fill that gap? Does that execute on that? So that's, that's, that's a good piece of it. Um, well, that was a good little transition. But let's see what other things we want to cover. Uh, just quickly, what resources have helped us? I think we've talked about it a lot already. But oh, yeah, we've been on... Um, a ton right. of Instagram, Twitter pages, Tread Athletics, Driveline. Oh, yeah, Tread and uh, Ben are great. Tanner Clayus, when he had his pitching page. That was a good uh, one. There's a couple have, out there. I da- like. When David Manis said DM pitching, DM pitching. <laughs> Manis X page. I freaking had a FaceTime call with 
Tanner. I texted uh, Manisek. Those guys helped my pull downs. I had a whole conversation with Manisek about pull downs, and I think my best was like 91. Within like two weeks after doing some stuff he talked about, I think right. finding some more in 10, I was, I was up to 97. Yeah, yeah right. And I'd been 91 for like two years. So for a while, it, yeah. it was crazy. Uh, Tanner talked multiple FaceTime calls for hours. There's a ton of resources that you can bond with. Again, it's a free resource. You get an Instagram, on Twitter, it's YouTube, shot full, YouTube University. Just ask as questions. You say. People, I, mean, I feel like people get so wary of asking questions. People don't care. And what's the worst yeah. they're going to say? Fuck, no. Like, no, fuck you. Yeah. All right. Sorry, dude. So, like, just ask the question you want to ask. I'm sure people, people like to help people that want to learn. Yeah. If you seek knowledge, go get it. You know, don't, yeah. don't wait. I mean, wait, you could, you know, why not? So, dive into Twitter, dive into Instagram. Um, yeah. We get more into the later podcast. I don't want to make Yeah, the this first is our one. first episode, so we're just kind of spitballing. First here. episode. Not really sure this is going, but, uh, yeah, don't want to drag us on too long, but just so you guys kind of know, this podcast. It's kind of, we want to bring you guys in on it and help us mold this into whatever you guys want. Uh, we kind of brainstorm different topics. Baseball, transitioning out of baseball, our mentality, uh, you know, different lie. training techniques or cues or philosophies when you go into, how do you break through barriers, all that stuff. Um, yeah, interviews where we can learn from you guys. I mean, maybe we can yeah. get somebody on here we'll that, get you guys calling in. that we got questions. Or, Come off know, on the show. Yeah, or you got something that we do that maybe you can offer on. I mean, it's it's a whole free biz. We just like the idea of, you know, how can we use what we learn in baseball to help us in life and vice versa. Anything we see outside of the baseball world, how can we implement that into our guys at our way specifically, but you guys, you know out there yeah. and then with us working at awesome athletes we have connections and i'm training a lot of guys that we'll probably bring on have a lot of guests on the show yeah we have will have some guests great awesome first of all very talented hard workers yeah, we we'll have great stories to tell uh might be some decently big names but we'll see um i'm getting a butt cramp we gotta we gotta end that <laughs> my left butt cheeks cramping but yeah let us know what you guys want let us know any tops you guys have um oh it's cramping you wrestled today? I, I did not wrestle today. Got tight hips, but uh, we can get all on that onto future podcasts. Yeah, we're just, we're just trying this out, so we'll see how the 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 response is. I'm sure it'll be a lot of uh, goofiness out there from people we know, and also maybe some seriousness. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But cool. We love it. You gotta love it. Just make sure. You gotta love it, Stevie. All right, let's get it. You ready? Close uh, yeah, that about do it, does it. So that does it. First podcast, Crying Jordan Jabronis, we out. We out. Thanks for tuning in. But Tune in next cramps. week or next month. Or, We're not really sure or, how long it's going to take. Or tomorrow, I don't know. <laughs> See you guys.